0: Good
1: evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. And Whitby is not the blonde bombshell. She is lost in the woods somewhere. So joining me is some other chick that's lost in the woods. She's a good friend of mine, and she is medium rare, the psychic medium, Leslie Martin. Hello, hello. Good. So are you a psychic medium? I never know what to call you.
2: I guess so. I guess that's what you call me. (laughs)
1: You can call me
2: worse, I guess.
1: Some people don't like that title, but whatever. Uh, Well, if
2: you think about what I do, it fits the bill. So.
1: I mean that's the way I look at it. And I don't know if yeah. it's uh the Jupiter problem, but the the internet's been so funky on my end tonight. I just don't know what's Has going it? on. Yes. Uh
2: oh. Well I hope we don't lose you somewhere along the line here.
1: Well you could carry on. But anyway. Uh so joining us today is someone as I didn't know, but we, we have I guess know we of each other if not met, I'm not sure. Uh, she is a psychic medium uh, as well, and she, uh, well, why don't we bring her in? Um, Christine Lee. Kristen Lee.
3: Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Good, 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 good. So, Kristen, uh, you are a psychic medium, right?
3: Correct, yes.
1: Okay, and, and we found out just before the show that we kind of know of each other.
3: Yes. Um, during the Festival of the Dead in Salem, Mass., um, I worked at the psychic fair, and you did the paranormal investigations um, for Christian Day.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. And so it's a small world. I mean, because you originally, uh, well, you're out in, what, Ohio now?
3: I'm in Ohio now. Yep, that's right. Real close to Wheeling, West Virginia.
1: Wow. That's uh, yeah. So did you come into Salem for the psychic fair? Is that what it is?
3: Yes, I did. I came in to Salem for the psychic fair two years in a row. Um, I also lived in Salem for a little bit of time as well.
1: Oh, OK. That explains a lot as well. OK. So, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Bel Air House, uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your yourself? Also with us is uh, Leslie Biden. I don't know if you're aware with that. Leslie, you are there, right?
2: I am here. I'm sitting quietly. I'm listening.
1: Well, that's Hi, Chris.
2: Hi, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> nice Thanks to meet you. That's not well. the job of a
1: co-host, you know, you don't sit quietly. <laughs> well, to I know, my... but
2: when you're talking away, and I get sometimes in trouble for talking over you, because you don't like that. So, you know, i got to pick my and choose my spaces to talk wisely. So.
1: Well, I don't like <laughs> that. I mean, how can you say No, that? you
2: don't like that. No. But, you said, well, I was going to say something, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to be very quiet you know, until you're, it's way, like a you're way
1: too sensitive anyway
2: <laughs> i am not
1: <laughs> uh so anyways uh kirsten. kirsten is that right am i saying yes. that right okay because yep. I, uh-huh. I have a problem with names if, as most people know but Kristen, how did you get involved in in what you do uh is it something you've always had or is it something you learned along the way
3: uh, with the psychic and medium part of my life, it's something that I've always had um, ever since I was a little girl. Um, so it started very young, uh, and I do it full time. I do it; I'm a full time professional psychic medium now, cool. um, and I'm based out of Ohio right now. But I do travel across the United States. Um, and I do work for Aerolium uh, Psychics, which is a psychic phone line, too. So uh, on the off seasons, I can just log into a psychic line and, you know, take some clients that way as well. But I do have a private practice. I'm also a master-level Reiki practitioner and a metaphysician. So um, I, I just keep myself busy, very, very busy. Um, that's, that's That's what I do outside of the belair house you know the belair house is kind of i call it my doppelganger <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of overshadowed a lot of um who i really am um you know i i gosh are it's almost gonna be 12 years now um that our family was affected by a fa- a flash flood and we were left homeless and uh-huh. um i found the belair house on a foreclosed list because when fema had come in Um, To help us rebuild and allot monies and stuff like that, Um, they awarded my family $25,000 to rebuild our lives. And I was at work, and I found the 1699 Belmont Street in Belair, Ohio, on a foreclosed list, and I met the realtor that night. And a couple weeks later, we were moving in. And it turns out that it was probably the biggest mistake I have ever made (laughs) in my life. (laughs) The house is extremely haunted. Um, uh-huh. We we didn't stay there long. A um, series of, of tragic events had happened because of the paranormal activity that was in the house. houses, very malicious activity. And back then, I didn't even know what a paranormal investigator was because I've, I've always been in the psychic field. I've not, I just did psychic stuff. You know, I didn't really go ghost hunting and I didn't, I wasn't really interested in you know, that, that sort of a lifestyle until the Belair house. And it was kind of forced on me to be honest with you. Um, we've tried to rent the house, uh, several times. We've even, um, last September we had a land contract with a family that was renting the house for a year and they wanted to purchase the home. And I was, you know, so happy. It was like a golden ticket, you know, like finally we're going to be free at free at last from the Belair house. And, um, he the, the renter um, discovered that there was a secret room, uh, like a secret passage tunnel in the basement that we had no idea about. And he went to the library and he contacted a few people and he discovered that it is part of the Underground Railroad. So when that happened and he kind of knocked some of the blocks out of the out of the wall and discovered that room, a lot of activity started happening to him. Uh, the chandelier came within maybe a quarter of an inch from falling on his head. And it's a big house. It's a great big colonial home. Um, it's got five bedrooms, two bathrooms, and it's all hardwood. It's it's a beautiful home. Um, and his family packed up in two days, and they took off. They they left, and uh, I panicked because that was you know we, we had a deal. You know, <laughs> I thought that you know we were going to get rid of the house, but that it didn't turn out like that. So I ended up calling up my my good friend uh, Bishop James Long. And I asked him if he wanted to come into the house and do some lectures on possession and demonology, and all the proceeds would go to his homeless ministry, and he decided that he wanted to do that. So he kind of um, kick-started the the, um, October season last year. This October, will be in business uh, for paranormal investigations. Um, Since he's been there, um, we've had a lot of teams come in, uh, just an awful lot of teams come in and out, of, of the house, and uh, what's very cool is about three weeks ago, there was a team that came in from the Columbus, Ohio area, and they actually, after 11 years, they finally caught on film Machado figure, the one that I had seen time and time and time again, um, the one that scared the living daylights out of me, scared me enough to make me move. Um, I moved the first time, and uh, the renters didn't stay because I tried to rent the house out. No one would stay because of the activity. So I had to come back to the home. Um, The house, you know, the activity in the house literally split my family apart. Um, So we have had a lot of tragedy. We have had a lot of loss um, because of the activity and just the emotional draining part of living in a location that is that active. Um, Then we moved to a townhouse just i filed bankruptcy on the house i said you know what there's enough enough and nobody's going to buy it nobody's going to rent it nobody's going to stay and i i don't feel comfortable living here so i filed bankruptcy and that's when i hightailed it to salem for the second season to work at the psychic fair and the code enforcer of the village of belair kept calling me and calling me and you know when you're in that well back in the day in the purple room inside of the mall there's no reception on the cell phone so i kept missing his calls and uh Finally I, I had a break and I called him back and he told me that he was gonna start fining me if I didn't come home and cut the grass and I told him, I said, I don't own the house anymore and he said you better call your attorney in Columbus, Ohio because you do own the house. Oh, so geez. I yeah, I picked up the phone and I called Elliot and I, I said, What's going on? I do I own this house? And he said, Yeah He said, Nobody wants the house," he said. "The Belmont County Auditor didn't want it. The bank didn't want it. The mortgage company didn't want it. The village didn't want it. So we went ahead and squashed your debt, and you, you know, you own the house again.
0: So oh, I filed geez. bankruptcy
3: for absolutely nothing. <laughs> <It was. laughs> yeah, yeah. Never saw that coming. Never ever saw that coming. Um, and uh, so. I didn't even finish off the second season working for Christian. I just I came home, and uh, I met with the code enforcer, um, and he walked through the house with me, and it had been ripped apart because it sat empty for so long. People had come in and looted and stole copper wiring and plumbing and Aww. tried to rip off fireplaces and stuff like that. Um, and he asked me, he says, "What do you want to do with the house?" And I told him, I said, "My license in, in Massachusetts now. I said we everything's there. I don't I don't want the house." So he said that he had a guy that would invest in the house and uh, possibly buy the house. And I thought that was great. You know, I said, well, tell him to come here and he can have it for a dollar. I don't want it. But I want to get back to the airport in Pittsburgh and, and go home. <laughs> but that, that didn't work out either. <laughs> so, oh, you know, this guy comes in and, his, you know, he throws down all this money. And he says, look, you wrote a book because I did write a book for the next homeowners of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called 1699 Belmont Street, a portal to hell, and it's on Amazon now. <laughs> All the hard copies have sold out. <laughs> and this guy said, you know, we're going to go ahead and just start running paranormal tours. I'm going to invest money in this place, and you can build revenue for the village of Bel Maybe we can make it into a tourist attraction. And I told him, "So somebody's going to get hurt, we probably shouldn't do that. So he proceeded mm-hmm. to do it. And, uh, I, you know, what was I going to do? I owned a house that was stripped apart. And right. if this guy was going to put money into it, I was going to let him and if the bad part of it was is is running tours, that's how he's going to make his money back, so be it, you know. And um well, sure enough, somebody, you know, went we were on a tour one night and somebody was pushed down the steps and they almost went through the second story window and then he realized the severity wow. of the activity in that house. So we pulled the plug and the house sat empty for years again. So we I, have, I had have a, lot a of, quick question. Go ahead. Sure. Um
2: in the state of Ohio, do they have to disclose as a real estate company that that property is haunted before you buy it? No. Because I know in some in states that that is a law. Oh, man. Right. Not in Ohio. Mm-mm. Nope. So you bought this foreclosed sight unseen because it was a good deal, and it's the portal to hell.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah. It sits on a ley line. The house absolutely sits on a ley line. It... um in front of the house is the Ohio River, which is a constant source of energy. Now, I've, I've been schooled for the past 12 years on this. You know what I mean? I didn't know any of this mm-hmm. before. Um, behind the house is Native burial. It's Shawnee tribe. Um, it, it's not a mound. It's just their caves and where they buried people. Mm-hmm. Underneath of the house was a coal mine explosion, um, where it, because the, the house was originally Jacob Hetherington's home, and he was a very big coal mining tycoon in Bel Air in the late 1800s he came over i believe it was from england and he built the belair house for his daughter as a dollhouse and um when the coal mine explosion happened 72 men were killed underneath of the house in the 1800s and two rescuers were were also killed going in to rescue them so now just this past um uh February, we absolutely confirmed that it is part of the Underground Railroad. So that just opens up a whole other can of worms. So we just couldn't understand why all of these paranormal investigators were getting like Slave Abraham, all of these different names and all these different. We just we were scratching our head like, what the hell is you know what is that? And then finally we discovered, oh well, that makes sense because of the Underground Railroad. So we are learning um, more things as time goes on, but unfortunately. The Belmont County Courthouse had a fire way back in the day. So all of the records to actually um, prove when this house was built, we'll, we'll never know that. We just, we won't know. Now, there's pictures um, of the house, like in the early 1900s, but that's as far back as we can go.
1: Oh, okay. Now, I, I see you still do events there and stuff, so... Uh... I mean, you know, I know you have one coming up with uh, Bishop Long in uh, right. October and uh, Rick Hayes as well. Uh, so you you still open it up for a paranormal investigating?
3: Right. Teams can come in to investigate, um, yeah. and we're 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 pretty booked up. I'll be honest with you. Teams are really liking the Belair House. It's becoming popular. Um, so teams come in, and uh, Kat Lang, who is um, the director of the Paranormal Clergy, she works with Bishop Long. Um, she, is, she actually moved here. She's my neighbor now. Here, I don't live in the house. I live about 30 miles from the house. And she moved uh, from Middletown because she used to run Post Town, uh, the haunted school. And she came here to help me. And she goes in. She lets the teams in. They sign waivers. She collects money. Um, she hands them over the key. And they're on their own. That's how we've been doing it. We haven't really um, done a lot of public investigations where we would invite the public, unless right. it's like Bishop or unless it's Rick or, you know, Tyler from Ghost Haunt USA. Mm-hmm. We, we just, we don't like to do that. So if there's somebody, you know, like Bishop or Rick or, you know, some, somebody that, is, um, that can control the environment, then mm-hmm. we can have public investigations or, or very, very seasoned um, paranormal investigators come in as well. I, I just I don't participate in stuff like that unless Bishop or Rick is coming in town.
2: Mm-hmm. So, What kind of activity do the paranormal um, groups seem to collect as they go in there? Um,
3: about a month ago, a team called SPAT, it's Leon's team, um, and I'm meeting so many cool people, i tell you. It's really cool, like the parties at the Belair house, you know, so I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> Everybody's coming to us. <laughs> um, they were in the basement, and they were trying to get to gather more data about the Underground Railroad and they had these flashlights um, that kept clicking on and off and um, they would you can see it on the Belair House Facebook page on on on-demand like on cue one two three you know uh, Danny was with Spats. that was one of the paranormal investigators he would say can you you know do this or this or this and if yes you know turn the light on and the flashlights would come on and they would go off you know and he would try to take pictures and he did capture You know, I don't know what you would call it because we haven't identified exactly what it is. But he did capture a spirit, entity, ghost, whatever you want to call it, when he did take the picture um, in the basement. Um, That's part of it. But when Bishop was there for the kickoff, I mean, we smelled sulfur. It's just—it's very draining. The house is very, very draining. There's. Cat Lane calls it the paranormal playground because there's just so many different things coming in and out of there. You never, you never can tell, you know, what kind of spirit, ghost, or whatnot is stopping by. It's just, it's always something that that comes in that's different. Um, when OVPRI um, ten years ago started investigating the house, um, we were able to identify. We called this um, this inhuman spirit the Gray Man. Um, that's, you know, we just didn't know too much about it, but, um, at that point in time, there was just, it was bad. I'll I'll be honest with you. It it was bad enough for me to want to file bankruptcy and just leave. It was just extremely bad. My dog was thrown up against the wall. Um, yeah, it, 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 you know, my family was separated, um, the kids, you know, the kids had to go stay with other family members because of the activity. Um and just renters after renters. I mean, one time we had construction a construction crew of ten guys in there and I thought, Oh, construction guys, they're big, they're they're bad, you know, they'll yeah. be able to handle this. Those guys flew out the door within a month, you know? It was just, yeah, it was it was that intense. And um, you know, books would fly off the shelf during uh some investigations. Um A lot of EVPs, just a lot of EVPs. One EVP that was on my ghost story, Mike McAllister caught it. It it said, what do you want with Kristen? And it said, we're going to kill her. And honestly, that's what it felt like back in the day it It felt that malicious to where it had a claim had a stake on my life, but you know if you if you go back to the Hetherington family after the flood happened and after we moved into the house, I was super stoked i mean this was my first home I had ever owned, and it was a colonial home you know i was, I thought I won the lottery and um I was sitting at um the optical department getting my glasses um, because I've lost my glasses in the flood and I was just, you know, so ecstatic about this Bel Air house. And I was talking to one of the old locals who was there getting his glasses, um, his prescription filled for his glasses. And he said, Yeah, I know about that house. He said, Did you know that an old seer used to live in that house? And back then I was just like, oh blah, 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 and the gables in the attic and blah, and then I'm driving home and I'm like Oh well, shit, he said a seer. You know, it's like, it hit me. It finally hit me. And I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. I know what that means, you know? And uh, so I, I started asking around town. I was like, do you guys know anything about a seer? And he said, yeah, the, the guy's name's Edwin Hetherington. His, uh, his um, gravestone is up in the Hetherington Cemetery. So we did more research on that, and it comes to find out that uh, Edwin actually was a seer. And when Eliza... Who took over the coal mine jacob hetherington's daughter when when the fortune was passed down to her she continued to live in the house but her and edwin back in those days they were just more than brothers and sisters and when she died inside of the house that's when he started to really grieve and tried to get communication with her through mediums and psychics and that sort of thing and people many different psychics and mediums would come throughout the united states to try to connect him to her and then he became so fascinated with the art of mediumship that he dove into it himself. So that part of, of that history is is within the Belair House too. Um, her uh, Eliza's um, death certificates in the book, the sixteen ninety nine Belmont Street book. It's just, there's a lot. There's so much that has gone on in that house. And I'm going to be honest with you the whole the whole village has paranormal activity. Belair is just really. It's So many people, in because the house is in First Ward, it's the southern part of Bel Air, a lot of people have a lot of different reports of paranormal activity and just odd things that happen. But unfortunately, we don't have any paranormal teams around this area. We have maybe two. So these these two teams are like really super booked. I mean, it's hard to get in with them. You're on a nine- to ten-month waiting list to get in with the teams. So what the good part about the Bel Air house is all these teams coming in, if they're within like a two-hour drive, then We start referring the people that are on the list to these teams so they can get some help. There's a lot of uh, family cases around here of paranormal activity.
1: Hmm. So, I mean, th- you have Bishop Long as your friend. I mean, have you ever had the house try to, you know, exercise or cleanse or anything like that?
3: Well, we have talked about that, and Bishop has I mean, especially really... when you first moved in. Right. Bishop has, has uh guided me a lot about that and when we were talking about doing it last season, um, he said to me that, you know, we can we can do a a minor right. He said, but it will come back ten times worse. He said it'll it, it will lay dormant for a while because we're we're talking about twenty one acres here and it's not just the house, it's the land. Okay, so it's 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 a lot of a lot of energy. But we are um I just uh We talked about doing it when he comes in this time around, this October, and he is going to perform a minor rite, and he's going to do it on Sunday after everyone leaves. Um, And then at that point in time, him and Cat Lang are going to execute and implement that. I won't be there. I want nothing to do with that. And what I I understand is we have to let the house sit. Nobody can go in, so we got to lock up the doors and nobody can come in. And then at the end of the month, Rick Hayes is coming, and when Rick Hayes comes, um, he's going to go through the house and see if he can identify anything. Um, so hopefully he isn't able to identify anything, but I'll be honest with you, from what I understand, yeah, we can keep doing cleansings, minor, I, I mean, minor rights is what we really need to do from the from the Catholic point of view. Um, but it, it's, it's going to take so many of them. You know what I'm saying? It's, oh, yeah. it, there's a lot of land. There's you know, that's, the thing about land. it
1: is a lot of time people don't, Realize what goes into some of these uh, Catholic rites. It's, it, it's not just uh, go in, and throw a little holy water around, and you know, say a couple of prayers. And it's all over. It takes uh, a long period of time at times. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we have one quick question. Well, wh- where was this house again? Somebody want to know the name of the town that was from the chat room? Bel Air. Yeah,
3: it's Bel Air, Ohio.
1: Bel Air, Ohio. Okay, thank you so mm-hmm. much. Sure. And um, okay, I posted the. Uh, the link on, in the chat room for them too, so that they could check it out. So, I mean, it, it seems it seems strange, you know, that you ended up with the house out of you know. You think of all how it happened and everything. Do you think you were destined to to you know receive the house or, or have possession of the house?
3: I'll be honest with you. I've questioned that throughout the course of the years, and the best answer I have for that is, um, you know, God has a plan for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a long time ago, I asked God to put me on a path, on a course of action where I could help the most people be financially stable, be healthy and happy and have a family. Mm -hmm. And for right now, I am seriously helping the most people. I really am not with just my psychic medium work, but also with all the families that need help here within our community for paranormal activity and proving Mm -hmm. that there is life after death or after death. That's huge. And, And I feel like... That's as much as I can try to be like a little puppy dog on the other end of a rope, tug at (laughs) war, it's, it's supposed to be, and I can, I can fight with it or I can just be open and willing to receive it. And I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do is, is just continue on this course and to continue to educate the community on how to protect themselves and let them know that there is resources out there for families in need due to paranormal activity. Um, so, you know, that's where I, that's where I stand right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you so, know, I mean, and there's and, so there's so many correlations with me and Jacob Hetherington too. I mean, uh, the similarity. We're actually
1: we're actually coming up to the break now. So
3: okay,
1: uh, do, do you want to stay on a little bit more after the ba- break? Sure. Yeah, I can if okay. you
3: need
1: me to. Yeah, because I'd like to give out give out your information and ask you a couple other okay. questions that we have in mind. Sure. Anyways, so anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation uh, with Leslie Madden and Ron Kolick and our special guest Kristen Lee. And we'll be right back after the following messages right here on ParAX and hopefully, I mean, uh, Tojanet, Pararex, Astronet Radio, and wherever else will be played. We'll be right back. And usually, this is where Ann brings us back, and I don't think Leslie's going to, so I will have to, I guess. You're listening to Ghost, <laughs> Chron- Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation, right here. Uh, I told you that uh, maybe PowerX, having a little bit of a problem with the internet. I don't know. Must be the Bell Witch. Uh, and uh, where else are we play? I have a couple of shout outs I want to give out to. First, Michelle in Tennessee, uh, long, long time listener, and has been on the show before. And also, Cat up in uh, Canada uh, is listening in as well. And John, of course, our our biggest fan. So I want to give those three shout-outs anyways. But uh, hopefully there's more than three people listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We can cross our fingers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you know, uh, the, the show is available on podcast and on iTunes. And, oh, speaking of that... You can now listen to Ghost Chronicles, the morning edition right here every Monday at 11 a.m. on uh, Tojanet as well. And that is also on iTunes. And uh, there you go. So anyways, we're, we're speaking with uh, Kristen Lee. Um, Kristen, if, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you for a, a reading or so forth, or, or maybe even to rent the, the uh, house as a, as a paranormal team, uh, how could they do that?
3: the old-fashioned way just give me a call <laughs> my my phone number is uh 740-579-1841 mm-hmm. okay there well, you it. don't hear we, that very often anymore usually it's like we, oh
2: send me a text or email at me you know so that's all awesome right that you're still using your phone yeah because personal like connection the is the key you know <laughs> that's right that's right we do
3: have but um system, I, a, what go, go ahead. ahead i'm sorry
2: <laughs> we do have a Wednesday. i was going to ask you a question a, so you can just ask
1: you do well, have
2: don't a right over it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I stay
1: quiet. <laughs> Speak, somebody. <laughs>
2: Me
3: too.
1: <laughs> All right, Leslie. Yeah,
3: I... Okay, so what is your website? You were going to say? I'm getting there. Sorry, I was hoping you were going to talk <laughs> so Uh-oh. I can pull it up. Here we go. Um, it is. Um, the Belair dot web dot com backward slash. That's the Belair House website. Um, and then my personal website is High Priestess Kristen Lee dot web dot com backward slash.
1: So there you oh, go. Cool. We have both websites on there. And, uh, you know, you can get all the information if you go check out their website too. Now, I mean, it, it's. You know, I, I'm, we're getting comments in the chat room. It, it's a fascinating story, and, and I think it is, too. I mean, I'm surprised that Zach hasn't tried to buy the house. I mean, you know, he, she's trying to buy anything that's, that resembles a haunting.
3: Well, I wish Zach would get a hold of me, because I would certainly sell this house to him. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. You know, bottom price, just get it out of my hair. Honestly, guys, uh-huh. I, I just, I, I really don't want to deal with this. You know, with hauntings and being a haunted um Uh, well, a survivor of of a severe haunting. It's best just to cut ties, you know, and and I remember when the renters lived in the house and they were there for a year. I'll be honest with you. That was the best year of our life so far. Uh, We were able to have some sort of uh, normal again instead of paranormal. You know, we actually were able to go on vacation for the first time. We were able to sit down at the dinner table and not worry about, oh, God, what was that? Did you hear that? What was that? You know what I'm saying? So we were able to actually that cohesiveness of our family dynamics just increased and it it, it really helped us um, but now that this house is back into the picture it, it's it's almost like every day there's something about the Belair house like you know cat and i talk a couple times and you know in the morning just trying to get our day started uh this team's coming in this weekend this team wants to do this this film crew wants to do this so i still have the Belair house in in my my energy source and honestly I just don't want it there I I would prefer to you know let the house go and have a non-paranormal life again that's all that's the ultimate goal it really is it was the goal from way back when before any of the investigation started or any of the data or the collection started but unfortunately as many times as I try it just seems to keep coming back and I don't know if that's a plan you know like a spiritual plan that I'm supposed to execute and facilitate for the rest of my life or if it's just something that is drawing me back to the house because, like, they caught on that EVP, maybe the house really does want to kill me. You know, I, I don't know. And it's 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 very unnerving at times, you know?
1: I would imagine, yeah. But With the uh, history of the house you know, that
2: explained and it being on a ley line and um, the Underground Railroad and all of that is very rich in history, which would draw paranormal activity anyway. But it sounds, through your story, like it really started to peak after. Uh, Mr. Hetherington, is that was his name? Um, yes. Came and and was pulling the psychics in and trying to communicate with the other side and maybe opening up some sort of portal or something.
3: And right, because it doesn't sound like there was activity before that happened. Is that well, true? Well, you know there. So, uh, well, I don't know. I, I'll never know that because you know I wasn't there. You know what I mean? And that was so long right. ago. Um, that I don't know. But I will tell you this: there had been um, homeowners prior to that. The homeowners that um Owned it before me. They filed bankruptcy and that house sat empty for four years So I don't know what their story is. We tried to contact them, but they refused to um, Communicate with us and I can totally respect that and understand that because if I was able to get out I wouldn't want to talk about it. I would just carry on with my life um, But there was a family that owned the house. I would say probably 15 20 years and um, they that they've never had any paranormal activity but since we've gone public with this they had a lot of kids and their kids had a lot of friends and now the friends are like in their 40s and their 50s and I get messages a lot from the kids that used to play at the Blair house you know one lady who's now in Columbus came forth publicly and she had said that she had been locked in the bathroom. She could not get out of the upstairs bathroom. And that it was just, it was very, very spooky for her. And she felt like there was something in that house that was trying to harm her when she would go see her friend. Um, so, there, and, and there's so many other people. Like a little girl got a hold of me maybe two weeks ago, and she said, I, I, Don't be angry with me, but when you um, thought that you didn't own the house anymore and it was open, the doors were kicked in. She said, I went into the house, and she said, I left little Emily Davis, a teddy bear, in the attic. And she said, and I went back the next day, and there was nothing there. The teddy bear had been gone. But, I, I you know, I brushed that off as, well, maybe somebody else went to the house and took the bear, you know, because the house was wide open. But she just said that she had felt a lot of different uh, sadness inside of that house. And thank goodness she got out, you know. Thank goodness that she wasn't harmed in any way. Because at that point in time, you know, we've, we've got things... There's always going to be something like Saturday when Kat uh, Lang was waiting for the teams to come. She saw saw a a shadow figure again, Um, and it comes down the steps. It walks into the foyer, and it goes into the basement, and and that's just typical. That's just a typical day at the Blair House. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's just so many different things. I mean, my goodness, I could go on and on and on about it, you know, about all the data that's been collected and all the different experiences that multiple, maybe even hundreds of people have had.
1: But to your knowledge, though, there were no physical deaths in the house itself.
3: Yes, there were. Yeah. Oh, there were. Liza did die. Yeah. I missed that. Liza did die in the house. Mm Mm-hmm. She did. And that's why Edwin became so grief-struck, and because his sister, you know, his sister plus, you know, back in those days, very small family, very small community. There was more than just brother and sister there. There was some love going on there. You know what I mean? There was definitely that. And I feel like, and a lot of other people feel like it, too, and it has been confirmed that they they weren't just brother and sister that they actually were very fond of each other let's just put it that way so Mm -hmm. when when she crossed um edwin just lost it he lost his mind and he wanted to communicate with with his with his lover you know
1: oh wow sounds like crimson house there that was just out in the movies the other a while ago back uh, so, anyways, we're going to have to let you go. But we want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing the story. Sure. It's a, certainly a fascinating story. And uh, in your book, is it available anywhere?
3: It is. It's on Amazon, uh, the ebook. I, I'm out of hard copies, um, but if you go to Amazon.com and you Google uh, 1699 Belmont Street, A Portal to Hell, Kristen Lee, you can pull it up. It's 9.99 on, on for the ebook.
1: Oh, that's not bad. And the
3: Belair the Belair House Facebook page. If you go on mm-hmm. the Belair House Facebook page, just search Belair House. You can pull up um, the calendar if a team wants to come in and, you know, book a weekend or book a night or anything like that to investigate. They're more than welcome to do it. Now, I am going to cut it off after Rick Hayes leaves because we got to let okay. the house settle down after Bishop does that right. Um, right. So the house will be closed November, December, and January, and then we'll see, you know, at the beginning of the year how things fill in the house if it's comfortable and peaceful enough for people to start, you know, I don't know. We'll see when we get there. <laughs> you know, it, I wish you the it, best of luck, Kristen. My goodness, what a journey. Yeah, Thank you I so
1: much. You. We wish you the best of luck and, uh, you know, let us know how you make out. You know, pop me a message and we uh, sure. would love to do a follow-up on it.
3: I right, would love to have you come down. We have a, you know, all the rooms are furnished. It's a house and you can take showers, have food and, you know, oh, if you ever I, me, I it. heard
1: it was the doors were kicked in and all the plumbing was gone.
3: Remember we're the showers are drafted, right? I yeah, know, I was remember kidding. the I was the investor came in and he cleaned it up, so it is right. actually a functioning house now. Gas, oh, electricity, hmm, air conditioning.
1: Yep. Oh, air conditioning! Well, yeah, you're mm-hmm. making it more appealing every time.
3: Yeah, From quiche.
1: well, <laughs> well Krista, thank you so much.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. God bless both of you. Have a good evening.
1: You too. Bye,
3: bye, to Kristen. Bye, bye. Thanks. Bye, bye.
1: Well, that was one fascinating story, wasn't it, Liz? My goodness, holy cow! <laughs> so, I mean, when you yeah. were listening to her story, did you? I mean, did you pick any, anything up uh, from her?
2: Yeah. Why do you say that? Um, because I don't know why. Because she said that um, the sister died naturally, but mm-hmm. I keep hearing murder in my head. Murder. Yeah. I don't know what that's about.
1: Uh, who knows? Yeah, but maybe uh, it, it's these woods I'm you know, in right now, <laughs> you know, it's, it may, well, you know the interesting thing and and you know this, and I know this is is that spirits sometimes will use uh use us to promote their own agendas uh you know yeah. they they will make uh, to instill fear or or whatever uh you know and as far as her you know say you know being killed, i mean you, you know when we went up to Goat Island, what happened with me? I mean, I certainly was supposed to die that night.
2: Right. You died so. tonight. That's what the Ouija board said. But yeah. here you are. Still mm-hmm. here. Still kicking.
1: So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to say whether the, uh, you know, if it's just something that the spirit wants to feed off or of, uh, fear or what, but, uh, or it's just maybe plain evil. Who knows? But, I mean, that's something that you have to figure out. I, I'm interested to see what will happen after the uh, the blessing.
2: Yeah. They could revolt. Because, you know, uh, just like a, in life, spirit, the spirit was once the living. And the living can be damn nasty, you know, and oh. use intimidation. Oh, and that's oh, what spirit does sometimes. They use intimidation. Yeah, well, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to push you down the stairs. Um <laughs> Yeah, so mm. I don't so know anyway. if I would want to go there either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> then Would you want to go there? Uh, I absolutely. think you would.
1: Are you kidding me? In a heartbeat.
2: Yeah. Well.
1: Well, that's what that's what from I From my perspective, you know?
2: I, I wouldn't want to open myself up too much mm-hmm. for that. I think that's why it would. It would. Mm. I'd go. I'm a big brave dog, but, Wait, but I don't know if I would like warriors. it much what's
1: that aren't we spiritual warriors
2: we are you and i
1: spiritual yeah. warriors spiritual warriors there you go so anyways uh leslie is, has been joining us and she is the author of medium rare which is available on amazon as well uh the book okay. medium rare and also she has a great line of uh candles reiki infused candles uh, uh, Positively Brilliant is the name of her company. And how couldn't people get in touch with you, Leslie, to get all these cool things? Well,
2: the candles and the sprays, Van Helsing's spray is on there as well. That's right. Positively we, we Brilliant. A, we have
1: a joint venture there. Yes, we do.
2: We do. Van Helsing's amazing spray is on sale at Positively Brilliant at Etsy.com. And Positively Brilliant is one word if you type it in at the search bar at Etsy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They can get it there.
1: And I'm and starting those...
2: to uh make soaps and things too. Oh good, good, good. Reiki infused soap. I'm gonna try that
1: uh, out. So. There you go. Uh, but anyway. So Leslie has also been working with me on a series of uh red light seances for over a year now. And that's a that's a long period of time to, to work with this. And we've had some interesting results in this Uh, past year or so, uh, everything from warnings about attacks in Europe before Paris and all the other ones to, uh, you know, different people coming in through the other side with messages for people in the group to... You know, even some physical mediumship with uh, the you know spirit like going on by itself and and table movement and stuff. So, I mean, you've been, like I said, you've been doing it for well over a year. I mean, how, what do you think? Do you think we are atta- I think Attaining results, uh? Or-
2: I do think that we are attaining results. When the first one that we had, we didn't have any table movement at all, and we had—I um, don't know if you remember. Sue and Doug were there and I think Dave may have been there. And we got their aunt, Josephine, who had arthritis. And, you know, we just, and there was another couple there who had the um, I can't remember if it was an aunt or a mother and she liked cards and she liked alcohol, she had alcohol in either hand and she ended up owning a liquor store. That do you remember that? So oh, it was yeah. more like um it was more like just me saying what I was getting, um, who was there, blah 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 blah. But right. it's turned into um more of messages through the table, messages through where uh, we have through physical a,
1: mediumship versus Yeah, versus, and and uh, that's our goal. Mediumship. Yeah. We still have yeah, mental and that's mediumship. Our goal. we still have mental mediumship. But the the whole thing too is is we're also we're getting everybody at the table involved in it, which is, is good. I mean it's not just the medium it, it's it's everyone there at the table that that, that gets messages at times. And uh mm-hmm. you know it's uh it's certainly uh I, I, I'm really pleased with the results. And and of course last week, which is kinda of an interesting thing, is uh I actually saw this schematic in my mind's eye. Um and I I kinda of wrote I'm, it down. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. I was going to say, "I'm not a technical person at all." And I said, as soon as we opened up the circle, I was like, "What is a diode?" And right, so that's true. Jim Stonier yeah. Jim Stonier, our, our technical guy at um, New England Ghost Project,'s like, "Oh, well, those are things that are in radios. I don't even remember what he said because it was too technical. And um, I had this guy in a lab coat, and then you said Right,. Go ahead. I've got a guy, and he's in a, in a lab coat. We both have the right, same exactly. we both we're picking up on the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And and so, I saw um, that he was holding a clipboard, and eventually, it took a while. And I felt kind of weird because you know I didn't want to dominate the the, the circle, but uh, he was trying to show me what was on the clipboard, and and I saw different things on it. And I, I've got the schematic as far as I can remember it. And I talked to Steve Hagen, of course, uh, the founder of Parascience, and my co-host from the International Show from the UK, and. He gave me a brilliant idea, and uh, he told me to bring the uh, schematic with me next time, and to connect with the spirit and ask him if this is correct, and if not, ask him. uh, You know, you know, ask him if if what changes I should make or whatever. It's a brilliant idea. Don't you think it was a good idea? I thought it was real.
2: I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Like we've both said in the past. Past. Spirit takes the path of least resistance. So you were not dominating the table. I am so not technical duh. You know, uh, I don't know what that is. If he had shown right. that to me I'd be like, Oh, he's showing me a picture, you know. So he, he went through you because you have that in your in in your background.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you would understand what was going on because you you had a manufacturing co- company and,
1: well, yeah, and I work with behavior the, kids. I worked on you know? the, the Lunar... <laughs> The lunar excursion module, and, and we also manufactured the Plant Talker, which is a biofeedback device for, uh, you know, uh, plants. And, you know, so, I, yeah, I do have... A, it's a long time ago. It's my past life. And uh, Michelle in the chat room says, Ron, are you a psychic? Ooh. Of course, for
2: everyone's psychic.
1: Yeah. But Everyone is my, psychic. I call myself a dumb psychic, which means I don't work at it. I just get things, and I just tell people what... But have
2: you noticed over time, since you've been doing it and doing it and doing it, it comes more naturally to you? It does. I mean, you just sat there and, hey, I've got this picture in my head. He's showing me a schematic. Hmm. (laughs) So look at you. Yay!
1: And The the interesting thing about that is I owe a lot of that to Maureen, working with her for so many years, and that she told me, uh, you know, because when I first... You know, you know I I didn't believe in mediums thought they were all charlatans, but you know, uh, always open minded. So when she would first come out with stuff and she would, you know, whatever it was, you know, she'd she'd be would be doing investigation, see I see vanilla ice cream or something like that. And then I'd I'd be like shh, shh. you know, I almost embarrassed for her because, you know, it didn't make sense to me. But yet it did when we the investigation continued that that did reveal so she's the one who told me to say just whatever it is and mm-hmm. I've always that's what we do uh when we're at the, the the uh the red light seance circle uh is we ask everybody when when this you know whatever it is just speak it. doesn't matter how stupid it is, you know, it, it, uh, if you think it's stupid, uh, because probably it isn't. I mean, and we just and we had that. What was it? How long ago was that? Uh, about three months ago, we had that uh, when my hand started shaking. And I was picking up on those old people, and and I kept asking about it, and and nobody said anything. And then the next day, I was talking to somebody, and they said, "Oh, what was your your handshake?" I, goes, I don't know. I says my hand was shaking uncontrollably, and I saw these old people, old woman, and all. Well, it's like I even smell them. I said, <laughs> and uh, the woman that, that was there, she said, "Oh, because my grandmother died, and she used to have her right arm, which was my arm, used to shake uncontrollably." It's like, da. <laughs> You know, and all
2: she had to do was say, "I think that's for me," and then Spirit would have given us more.
1: Exactly, you know, because I let I let it go. I, you know, it's like I kept trying to get more from it, and sometimes you can't. Uh. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, I could only get so much. I, and my hand just shook uncontrollably. I had no control over it whatsoever. And, and, you you know, you tried stopping it, and Anne was on the other side of me, did the same thing. And it was my mm-hmm. right arm. And, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I sorrow people, and it's like, I, I just don't get it. And then I never did because she never said anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's the key is you just say whatever. I mean, we do... Uh, we do the haunted tours for the, the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, and we have people that go on the tours, with, and we tell us, you know, whatever, you know, if we're doing something, whatever comes in your head, just just say it, you know. You'll never see these people again. Who do you care? <laughs> but Right. It's but still, people are
2: afraid oh, to take a chance. They're afraid to put themselves forward and have people looking at them, you know. So I, I yeah. understand that, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So We've got to get over that fear, people.
1: <laughs> it is it is you just have to be you know you're among friends that's basically what it is and that's what the circle has become the uh vz park uh red light seance circle is, is that's what it's become it's become friends we have a core group that goes there and uh you know they're a good group and they, they all work together and uh you know we come up with some interesting results uh uh you know, it's, it, it's, it just fascinates me every, every time we see it, and hopefully we'll advance even further, and, and that's the entire goal of it.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Ron mentioned this before. We record all of our sessions, and we take data, and uh, so it is a, an ongoing study. So it's important that we have this group, this core group of people. Um, we do invite others to come, and you can sign up through uh, the Circles of Wisdom in Andover, Massachusetts, our group is right. open to other people, but there are only so many seats allotted because there's only so much space at the table. So first yeah, we first found day. that out. <laughs> yes, we did. I think we had 17 people around that table. <laughs> we were all, well, hip-wise, I'd say we were about three feet away from the table itself, and we had to reach our arms in so we could touch it. It was a little uncomfortable at times, but we, we, yeah. we worked with it.
1: Yeah, we did, and that's why we try to re- reserve the number of seats. Uh, there were some people that just showed up, and uh, we let them stay, but um, we prefer not right. to have that many, and that's why right. we ask you to sign up in advance on it, so, uh, right. through the Circles of Wisdom. And and the interesting thing is even about the table movement itself, uh, you know, it, ha- it takes on its own life at times. I mean, you could tell when, when different spirits are around because the table reacts differently don't you agree
2: i do as soon as one spirit moves on and another spirit comes in, the table moves differently oh my gosh is that the ding dong from the dead
1: that's me yep that's the doorbell which means pizza from the dead is here we've got to wrap it up and believe it or not uh but wow
2: but we have a few minutes right
1: we have two minutes actually
2: okay Oh, my God. Okay, so I have to fill in the people who are um, in the radio land. I, I live in Laconia, New Hampshire, and it is bike week. And so there are motorcycles going up and down and up and down, so I have to find a really quiet place to come and do the radio show. So I'm sitting at a public beach, but which is closing, and the police just pulled in, and they're looking at me.
1: Is it, <laughs> is it a nude beach? <laughs> That's
2: a good thing the doorbell from the dead went off because the police are were...
1: <laughs> oh, well. It's a
2: public place. Oh, no, they're going. They're smiling and they're waving. Okay, they're gone. Oh, they're turning around. Oh, geez. There's two cop cars now. They must be just checking.
1: All right. I better let you go before you get arrested.
2: (laughs) Never a dull moment, right?
1: Yeah. So anyways, uh, we've got one minute left. But uh, Leslie, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, I look forward to working with you. And I have a copy of Buckaroo Banzai that you can borrow.
2: Fantastic, because I can't find it on Netflix or anywhere,
1: so perfect. Great movie, Buckaroo Banzai. So, anyways, thank you so much, and I'll let you go.
2: Okay, thanks, Ron. Take care.
1: Okay, bye-bye. So, anyways, thank you so much for listening with us today, and uh, remember, tickets are on sale for Spirit Quest uh, on September 23rd through the 25th up at uh, VC Park. Angels and demons, believe it or not. Uh, we have Steve Parsons from UK, along with uh, Keith Johnson from the Ghost Hunters, and uh, Nancy Smith, who's an angel specialist. And uh, we've got oh, we've got a lot of cool stuff that are good that's happening. We have uh, a uh, oh, I'll be doing a talk on uh, the Shroud of turing I have a copy of the Shroud of Turin, and myth. Uh, mystery or miracle. And so that's my talk on that. And anyways, tune in, anyghostproject.com. Check it out, anyghostproject.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Good night. God bless.